Hello everyone, I'm Paris Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership with Tom Fox. In this episode, I'm thrilled to have with me Dan Silverberg. Dan has been a CEO of multiple public companies, and now he is providing leadership through his IntelliKey Academy. It's a great look at a great way to improve your leadership skills. I know you'll enjoy it. Before we get started, a word from our network sponsor, Ethico. In the intricate world of ethics and compliance, each second is precious, and slow case closures are more than just delays, they're missed opportunities. Enter Ethico. Our solution revolutionizes case management, cutting case closure times in half, and turning every challenge into a chance for improvement. Imagine a workspace where efficiency and compliance coexist harmoniously. Don't just dream of faster resolutions, make it your reality. Visit ethico.com slash CPN today to book a demo and dive into our exclusive white paper by Tom Fox, 2023, the year in compliance. Empower your team with the tools they deserve. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode, and I'm absolutely thrilled today to have with me Dan Silverberg. Dan, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Tom. Privileged to be here with you, and uh, I know we're going to have some good things to share today. Dan, we met through the C-suite, and you have an incredibly interesting story, but perhaps the thing that struck me the most is your passion about moving forward with your project. Why don't we start off by you telling uh, our listeners a little bit about your professional background, what you're up to today, and where you hope to take that in the future, and maybe I can uh, tag along and for the ride. Awesome. Thanks. For your audience, I've got a a pretty multifaceted background. I spent 15 years in the Fortune 500 running business segments from seven to 400 million, bottom line P&L, publicly traded companies. I've got a tech background with EDS and Oracle. I have consulting uh, methodologies from McKinsey with a a partnership background at AT Kearney. I've done five startups. I've done some M&A with Goldman Sachs and built a career really on turnaround and providing enterprises with exponential growth and financial performance. And about eight years ago, I went back and got a master's degree in leadership and coaching. And what was unique about it was not learning about styles and traits and characteristics, but actually using the great thinkers and applying their philosophies to my own life. And so where I've evolved now at this stage of career is really leaving a legacy and wanting to help the next generation of leaders. And where this comes from is, in my mind, traditional leadership is no longer adequate for the world we find ourselves in the 21st century. And just as a quick thing, the leadership market is a $60 billion market. And according to research, 54 billion of that has no sustainable effect. And if we look at leadership, every 20 minutes, there's a new adjective. So are you a transformational leader? Are you a conscious leader? Are you a servant leader? And now, After all of that, we've determined what you need to be as a human leader. Now, I don't know why we didn't figure that out in the beginning. So anyway, what I am up to is I've put together a thing, a program called the Leader Council. It's a one-year program, and it's for C-suite executives 
who are leading organizations and know that the disruption that we've got in our world today, the unengagement of our workforce at about 70%, quiet quitting, people doing only what's requested of them and not doing more. So how do we take people leading these enterprises and actually help them to become more engaged in their own lives and with the people that they lead? So, Dan, you call your site IntelliKey. Could you yes. tell us what that why what that means and why you chose that name? Yeah. So IntelliKey is for me is an interesting thing. I have lots of heroes of the great thinkers, and one of them is Aristotle. And Aristotle created this word IntelliKey. And it is that which is encoded in each of us, just like our DNA is. It is a unique what I call genius, artistry, and gift that we're here to bring in the world. And so for Aristotle, it was that high potential that exists within each of us waiting to be actualized. So the analogy would be that an acorn ultimately turns into an oak tree, and a caterpillar ultimately sheds its skin to become a butterfly. Neither the acorn nor the caterpillar know that their ultimate destination is oak tree and butterfly. And just like human beings, once we're born through our behaviors, our choices, our strategies, we create who ultimately we can become moment by moment. And for me, IntelliKey is my opportunity to work with other leaders for them to see the gift, genius, and artistry that resides in, in them, within them so that we can actually bring that into the world and architect a spectacular life for each person. So, Dan, one of the other things that really intrigues me is in your leadership council around your leader program, your leadership program, you incorporate the hero's journey. I think hopefully most of my listeners are familiar with the hero's journey, so I don't really want to ask you what that journey is. But What intrigues me is how you see the hero's journey as a part of a leadership journey, or how can you use the hero's journey to help guide a leader to better leadership skills? Sure. So the thing that's so exciting to me about Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey, we've seen that in The Lord of the Rings. We saw that in Star Wars. We saw it in Harry Potter. And for each of us, we have this life that we lead. And for most of us, today is somewhat similar to yesterday and somewhat similar to the day before and the day before. But if we really want to grow and bring forward the best of who we are, the Leader Council is a place for you to get the call to decide if you really want to up-level your game, right? So we already know you're a top performer. We already know that you're skilled at what you do. But how much do you really know about yourself? One of the things we look at is what's your story? Where did you come from? What are your life experiences and how you see the world. But there's lots of ways of seeing the same thing. So part of this is you'll get a call to join. Some will take the call. Some will refuse the call. And then as we go into it, we actually work with you in different ways to discover who am I? 
where are you leading authentically? But where also are you having difficulty? Are you dealing with imposter syndrome? Are you dealing with, I don't like confrontation? I have difficulty having honest conversations with people on my team, right? And how this actually impacts both a team and a culture. In the hero's journey, we all face trials. We all go and have experiences that might be scary, that we really would rather not touch. But when we do and we actually accept more of who we are, we actually can come out and be much more authentic. We're more trustworthy. People want to be around us more. They're more willing to listen to us, but we're more willing to listen to them. And so this journey is how do I align with my values, my principles, my purpose and meaning, and how do I bring that to my team and an organization so that all of us actually have a chance to win? Dan, one of the things that intrigues me the most about the current workplace is we literally have five generations at work now. Mm -hmm. So that requires, or they all have different focuses. They may have different buzzwords. They may think about things differently. How can you, or how do you incorporate those challenges into both helping leaders in their own leadership journey, but also developing five generations of leaders today because there are millennials who are leading their organizations today? Yeah, it's a really interesting question, and it's not easily answered, but I've got some theories about it. So one of my theories is that traditional business models built on hierarchy, pyramid structure, top-down command and control, that's a one-size-fits-all, and that doesn't really drive the organization across these different generations. But if we move to a different business model, more of what I call an ecosystem, we move from top-down command and control to self-managed groups. And within those groups, what happens is that instead of being told what to do, your integrity, your word, your ability to be competent and an agreement about the purpose, the values, the principles, it gets aligned. A younger generation doesn't want to talk to the older generation on a phone. It's text me and we'll get it done. So there's these little annoyances that happen. But ultimately, if there is a big audacious goal and everyone around that maypole has a chance for input, has a chance to be heard, has a chance to get some of what they want, they get engaged. So I think that's the really big difference. The younger generation, they're not about, oh, it's the quarter, let's make sure we hit it by two cents so everybody gets their number. So if I'm gonna work with a younger generation, their technology and innovation is way ahead. Their wanting to have something purposeful and meaningful is different maybe than just financial performance. They can accommodate financial performance if you can accommodate giving them meaningful work. They wanna be trained and developed. 
So if you've already been there for 25 years and Tom, this is how we do it here, that's probably not a good formula, right? So it's really an opening into conversation. And we tend to hire, I think, a lot by resume and functional expertise. In the leader council, and what I want to bring is this openness of thought, this intellectual curiosity. So I might want to interview you to find out if you're a great digital marketer, but I really want to innovate you to find out what do you love to do? Who are you? What's your relationship to the world, to the work? What would be successful in your mind? What would get you energized by coming here? And I think if we start to to look at that, I don't care which generation it is, we're all human. We want meaning. We want something purposeful. We want to do something we think matters. Dan, one of the challenges I saw when I was in the corporate world was that a person who was either highly technically, highly technical, or, or actually that's not fair, highly technically competent would often be promoted to middle manager rank. And the skills that got them to that promotion were not exactly the skills they needed to be successful middle managers. Mm-hmm. And from the compliance perspective, I often hear from middle managers who are required to be literally the first level of intake for employees around, I don't want to say complaints, but raising issues. And they don't feel like they've been trained on how to respond, how to intake the information, and how to get it up to a decision maker who can then make a decision. Are you able to help companies train that level of middle management who may have been highly technically skilled but haven't been trained with some of the leadership skills they may need to succeed in their next level of uh, professional capacity? Yeah, absolutely. And again, what you're really pointing out is in ways the endangered part of hierarchy. What is a middle manager there to do? When we look at a hierarchy, right, we have reporting, we have delegating, we have organizing, we have planning, we have all of these things. And like you said, it's this competence game. But how do I sit and interact with people? I can't have empathy for you any more than I have for myself. I can't be socially, emotionally intelligent with a team any more than I can with myself. So if I grew up, and in the world I grew up in, there was scarcity, there was distrust, there wasn't enough I end up being a middle manager who micromanages. I don't really trust the team. I might take credit. I might blame and defend. I might have all of these attributes that come out of where I came from and who I am. And so one of the things that we really work on is to get through that. So how do you move from reactivity to intention? How do you actually empower those people who are in your domain, and it's not by telling them what to do. It may be by laying out what needs to be done and then have this self-management that I'm talking about in an ecosystem that actually will take people and give them a voice, 
they may not get their suggestion, but they're going to know that at least they were heard and seen and they'll get in the boat and row. And so I think a quick answer without a long discussion is if you're going to manage, you are not leading. So as a leader, how can I be a cheerleader? How do I remove resistance that you're encountering on the team? How do I report up so that I can get what it is I need to make sure that the team is going to get the best of what it needs? So there are a host of things, but yes, it is a retraining. And again, in this journey, it's really understanding who you are and where you come from and what drives this view of the world. And all of a sudden, you get much more self-accepting. You're much more willing to own what's good and what's not so good. And it's a very different dynamic. Ed, could you walk us through some of the highlights of the leadership or leader council and how you're going to help leaders really understand how to look through this lens of being a human? Just describe your process you hope to go through. Yeah. So, Again, I don't have hours, but if you take a look at what your thoughts are, your thoughts create your behaviors, and your behaviors create your choices. Your choices create your experience. Your experience creates an emotion. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm glad. I'm happy. I'm whatever. And when you get that emotion, it creates a memory we take a look at that perceptual intelligence of how you operate. And then we take a look at other ways that you might be operating if you were more aware in the moment. And for example, with my own situation, I used to be extremely reactive. So if anybody criticized anything I was working on, I got into this huge defensive mode. I'd change the goalposts. I'd obfuscate the thing. I'd frustrate my boss. He would leave, and then I was safe again. But when I realized where that came from, which is my dad sitting there and criticizing everything I do, I was then able to look at that and go, oh, so when this guy is telling me that it may not be up to speed, Maybe that's like my dad and I could take a breath and go, okay, now could I listen to what he's saying or she's saying? And then how might I take that and actually use the kernel of truth that's in it, deliver something good for myself, but also make sure that my boss is happy too. And so it's a year-long program where we really take a look and put you through different situations and we get to see how you react. And then we work with you to actually track back where those reactions come from and then how we can intercede in so that you can have different outcome. And in this type of training, what happens out of the people that we've worked with, you get promoted more, you get more money, you get higher visibility projects in the company. And what's coolest is People in the company start to hear about you, and they want to come and work on your team. And so it it actually, there's a lot out there about culture change. Forget changing the culture, change yourself. And if you change yourself, that will change the culture. So one of the things that struck me on the times we've had to visit, Dan, is your passion. 
and you seem extremely passionate about this. Uh, what drives you? I'm not going to say your age, but I will say you're older than me. But what yes. drives you with this passion around leadership literally in 2024? Yep. So I, you know what? I, we talked about tracking things back. So I'm in the sixth grade and I'm in public school and I get called down to the principal's office and I'm like, oh, my God, what I do. And oh, by the way, I walk in and my parents are there. And I can't imagine that this is going anywhere to a positive outcome, except that I sit down and the principal says to my parents, I don't know if you realize it, but Dan actually completed the entire year in less than a semester. And I'm urging you not to put him in public school, but put him in a private school where he'll be challenged. That one person who mentored, who saw something, created an incredible life for me. I have a huge intellectual curiosity. And I think for leaders, being curious is the number one idea. But I also think for leaders, the number one thing to be doing is to create more leaders. And I've been extremely fortunate to have mentors, coaches, teachers, trainers, and opportunities that most people probably don't get a a whole idea of, don't get a chance to do. And for me at this stage in my 70s, this is all about legacy. I think everybody, if seen, heard, know they matter, and know they want to contribute, that if I can pull that out of them, and they can have more impact with spouse, partner, kids, family, their education, their spiritual realm that they play in the community in the world, I can't think of anything more purposeful. And so it's really a gifting, a give back. And I've spent 40 years in my own development. I started in 1982 and I'm not planning to leave this planet holding all that within. So I really believe that if we look for the genius, the artistry and the gift in each person, it would be amazing what could flourish. And an ecosystem is like a garden. Where you plant the acorn, you can get oak trees. Where you plant talented people, you can get amazing outcome. Dan, that seems like a perfect place to end this episode. But before we leave, I wanted to ask you if our listeners wanted any more information on Teleki or yourself, what would be the best place or places for them to go? Yeah, certainly on LinkedIn, So Dan Silberberg on LinkedIn, you can see my whole profile that has my contact information or my website, which is IntelliKey, E-N-T-E-L-E-A-I. And you'll see there the different programs that are available. And there's a lot of their blogging and inspiration areas, books, I think, that would be helpful. There's podcasts there. And would love to have any kinds of conversation with folks who are interested to learn more. Dan, I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to visit with me. I hope we can continue this conversation. Thanks. Really appreciate it, Tom. Great to be with you. Compliance Podcast Network is sponsored this month by Ethico. Ethico is a leader for compliance champions like yourself with its ethics and compliance optimization system built to turn goals and guidelines into real ROI for your program. For more information and a special white paper, go to ethico.com slash CPN.
If you've enjoyed my series, Adventures in Compliance, where I take a look at the Sherlock Holmes oeuvre, I've started a new season where we take a look at the short stories from the return of Sherlock Holmes. What's the intersection of Sherlock Holmes, compliance, and leadership? We'll find out in Adventures in Compliance. 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership, is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. If you'd like to come on the podcast to talk about your leadership skills, please give me a shout. tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.